a Shishkin Productions podcast. Quentin Tarantino recently announced plans to auction off seven exclusive scenes in the form of NFTs. I, w- I would get, uh, like, I mean, if I had the money, I would get a Pulp Fiction or something, you know, uh, a piece of pop culture that already exists and like is in in the uh you the get canon a pulp fiction nft and put it in your college dorm room <laughs> hey what's up sizzlers welcome to another episode of this is a real podcast what up we uh we're, we're right here man thanksgiving's coming up and we're thankful to be in the studio we decided neither of us are going on Thanksgiving vacation. We're going to spend the entire Thanksgiving in the studio. Yep, we're going to work. We're actually going to do a 24-hour Thanksgiving podcast. Podcast yeah. live stream. Yeah. We're going to bring a turkey with us, but mm-hmm. it's pardoned. This turkey is going to be live <laughs> on mic. We actually have it in studio today. Turkey, do you want to say a few words? <laughs> Damn, that turkey messed around sound. Um what's up chris how's it going <laughs> what a boy <laughs> we uh, made it yeah we're here we're here uh i'm, th- I'm thankful for our 60th episode we're mm-hmm, 60 deep mm-hmm. that's pretty cool i'm thankful for we had a pretty productive week it's weird because we just had kind of a a few big contracts slash jobs kind of not expire but they we they, wrapped they can, yeah they wrapped so they there was this like weird kind of hangover like we just did all the stuff and now we're kind of we still have a lot of small things to like catch up on, but yeah. it's it's not big picture type. It stuff. was it's weird because it was um not a lot of yeah like not a lot of project based client based editing. It was like housekeeping and doing a bunch of stuff. Um, had to refresh the reel a little bit. But yeah. before we jump into that, where where can the people find us? Oh, dude. You can find us, peoples. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Sizzle Real Gang. That's right. You can find us on Patreon. We just got our second Patreon we subscriber now have two today. We just last week we were talking about shutting the the Patreon down, but we no, were. nope. The our Patreoni total has doubled, it has. doubled in the last day, and w- it's all back in on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Shishkin Productions. <laughs> yeah. That's five dollars a month, and you get all the access. You're in the Discord. You're in in the in the happy hour, right. the monthly happy hour, and uh, you're our friend, and you, uh, you you donate to. I mean, also to a good cause. We might we might start posting some more shit on there, and by might I mean we will. We, um, we do still have a couple couple in the bank. Yeah, and uh, we also, you know, again, yeah, like you said, the monthly happy hours, those are big. Um, but one thing that we would really love is for people to call in. Call in, 332. 333 4361. That is the fucking, this is a real cold line. That's the place to call in. Every single fucking week, this becomes more like a morning <laughs> drive time show <laughs> and like less, less like a good fucking podcast. It never, never was a good podcast, but oh my God. it becomes, yeah, like a zoo type it's, thing. It, yeah, know? it really is. We, we've become a parody of ourselves. Chris and Alexi in the morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Today the traffic's looking real bad over on the fucking, <laughs> over on the, I know, the Jackie. I don't know what the fuck this, the, yeah, the, the freeways Jackie. are called yeah, here. There's a Jackie. There's a there's a BQE and a Jackie. That's that's all you need to know. BQD's nuts. Um, Chris, dude. So we were doing the real refresh. We um, were, yeah. Okay, so check it out, man. When it comes to editing a reel, I know a lot of people have been like, oh. You know, reels are so unnecessary now. Like, you can just market yourself through Instagram and you can just market like actual projects and people like. There are editors who don't have reels. There's people out there who don't believe in the necessity of reels after a certain point in your career. And I get that. But like, I also think that it's pretty useful because your reel reflects like your style, your sense of style. Yeah. So, like, our reel, you can already tell, is kind of old because we're using songs from like 20. 18 2019 so like you can tell it's kind of an older reel at this point so we are you know my what i like to do is i think i've said this before on the pod i like to cut a new reel in the week between christmas and new year's because it's usually a time off week yeah and there's nothing going on and, and you, you kind of get a, a year-end review like you get to see all the projects you worked on in the past year and how you can incorporate them in your in your new reel. And like it's I don't know. I like reels because they kind of remind me, hey, I am actually a pretty good editor. I'm like, doing stuff. Yeah. Like this is all the shit I worked on this year. And I, I have it all stacked up and have to eliminate like I have to edit it down. And I'm like, oh, my God, I did so much cool stuff. Yeah. I, I think that that is going to sometime in December, like when things slow down around the holidays, mm-hmm. 
I'll probably get to recutting the company reel, but mm -hmm. this week you gave it a little refresh. I gave it a little refresh. So our reel, our company reel is about 90 seconds long, and I'd say I replaced maybe 20 to 25 seconds of it. And it, it wasn't, there was nothing structural that was changed at all. It was literally just swapping B-roll and creating like other scenes basically. other scenes yeah i wasn't changing any moments really like so we were like losing a couple projects and swapping for other projects more recent ones keeping the shot ordered like keeping the pacing the same exactly um but i mean i still tried really hard to make the edit work uh in some ways that can be more difficult to mm -hmm. keep things the same and just swap in the b-roll because you really got to find the right shots to that you know that makes sense thematically and like you know speak I mean, to each other you also had to reframe it. I had to reframe I know it. It's your yeah. favorite thing. Oh to my do. god! Uh, so we I thought it was going to be easy, but I forgot that there's that giant like After Effects chunk right in the middle of it. So. Yeah. So so for the most part, reframing is not that difficult. You just move stuff around. Maybe you have to key keyframe some some things. But we have like a ten or fifteen second chunk of the reel that is based entirely in animation. Yeah. And it's like three screens, uh, like phone screens, wide across. Uh, the 16 by 9 so you couldn't just shrink it down right because it did it wouldn't make any sense in a 4 by 5 so I had to kind of recreate the whole animation you know and you know when I think when we made this animation it wasn't really the kind of project that was meant to go back into yeah so I, I did a really bad job not, not, not even like it wasn't that bad it was just a matter of like learning it you know like when you jump into a project for the first time and you're like what is this what is this yeah. oh this is how the animator did things and then once it clicks you're like okay this is fine you know it's funny because in retrospect like literally this just occurred to me and i've watched that reframe of it mm -hmm. like for the last two days and this just occurred to me right now probably shouldn't have even included all three of those phones probably just should have included the one in the middle <laughs> that yeah. we wouldn't have really had to reframe anything well <laughs> but it's okay you did it how you did it and it got done the point of that scene is to like because you know a lot of reels are just straight cuts and just showing off projects mm -hmm. what i wanted to do with that part of it was to kind of go you know um it, you see it starts on a full screen 16 by 9 and then that kind of we zoom out of that and it's revealed that that's actually in a YouTube player. And mm -hmm. then we kind of see YouTube comments pop up around it. Yeah. Then it's, it rotates 90 degrees and it turns into a phone and then and it two, reveals three or two right, additional, it, it reveals two additional phones, phone screens, quote unquote, like vertical verticals. Screens. And they're like with a kind of, um, it's like a Instagram story, um, sort of format on it with the heart yeah. and the plus and all that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of showcases one, you know, we can work across different formats and we're used to that Two, We also can like animate. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a twofold piece of the reel there. And I feel like all, all, uh, good reels, you know, should kind of be able to speak to the full capability of the person making them, you know? Yeah. I, think I get so. the idea of like having different reels for different shit. And I understand that. That's... Like if you're a colorist, you should have a color reel, right? hundred percent. But if you're like just trying to showcase your company's capabilities, Go ahead and try to do that in 90 seconds. Yeah, I like that. And also, I mean, like you were talking about earlier, how, yeah, you don't really, some people think you don't need a reel because you have a portfolio. But like you were saying, a portfolio, that shows the work that you've done, but that still doesn't say anything about like who you are as a person or like, yeah. it's, you know, those, those cuts, maybe they're your cuts or maybe they're from a producer. Like maybe they're like, that was always the, the design of the video and you're just clicking away. But right. when you have your own real like you can really put a lot of your personality in it like i think that all of us did that with our our company reels that's why i think it's cool for every editor to have a reel when they're at like a post house like Plus, and a reel of stuff they did for that post house yeah. so that way you you know if a client prospective client is looking through the team of editors they can say okay this person fits our style best yeah you know what i mean well and honestly too if like say we put out a job on LinkedIn or whatever and we have 50 people apply to it. If you don't have a reel, then we're probably not going to look at your portfolio just because like if we have 50 people to go through, I want a 60 to, to 120 second version of what you can do. I don't yeah. want to have to click through your portfolio and look at all the different projects you've worked on. Yeah. Like give me a reel. If, if your reel's good, then I'll look at your portfolio. I'll, I'll open up your portfolio and scroll through it. Um, it's like the more clicks between 
you and your the more the more clicks between something you made and me, yeah, the less likely it is to be watched. Yeah, and yeah. it's not it's just how it is. Yeah, it's it has nothing to do with like any bias or anything. It's just like literally, I'm a lazy motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Um, Chris, yeah. let's you know the reels are nice and all. We're um the reason that we had to refresh it, is yeah, because we got a little. We don't want. We're not going to get too much detail about it. No, but we finally, finally decided to have an open house for the company we are we're having a a a studio warming slash open house yeah slash kind of little uh networking i don't really throw parties or plan events so um Hmm. amy and vince did a lot of the legwork for this i feel like you throw a party and plan an event every year for your birthday and for the the company retreat the company retreat i did plan that's true but the birthday is different. What I do yeah. for my birthday is I literally get an Airbnb and go, if you want to come, come, but I'm not planning anything. And then you make everyone else like figure out meals and everything yep. on like, their own. And you you, you're just there to participate. I'm, I got the Airbnb. Yep. You guys do the rest. That's my birthday. That's my, that's my present to myself is that y'all are around. <laughs> not that I'm putting y'all to work, but that y'all are around. <laughs> yeah, you're giving us room and board. Um, It's uh, the open house though. It should be pretty fun. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, trying to toe the line of it being like professional, but also fun. I don't want it to be too buttoned up. Well, there's, there's like, a big old fuck in the email. So yeah, yeah. We dropped an F bomb in the email. Yeah. It said, if you, it said it gave some details. And then the next paragraph, it said, and if you're like, who the fuck is emailing me this right now? It's if you like forgot who we were. Yeah. Here's a link to our reel. A four by five yeah. of our reel. Uh, here, that, that's, that's why I was editing it. Here's a four by five Instagram cut down of our reel. Yep. Um, so that should be pretty fun. Uh, other things this week, um, should we just get into like, th- this is kind of the most like <clears throat> interesting, important thing that probably happened all week. Yeah. We, we kind of, we had parsed down food meals and meal times. Yeah. You know, I, my head's still kind of spinning from that conversation and I, I like, legendary. honestly, I think I, I know less now than I knew before. Well, it just made you kind of question your worldview. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's healthy. Um, we basically like, you know, what brunch is. Yeah. It's, it's breakfast for lunch. Yeah. It's when you're having breakfast for lunch. Well, I thought it was maybe just like a, a meal that was in between breakfast and lunch. That's what a lot of people think. But even, even though sometimes brunch can go to like 3 p.m. and then that's basically that's, Leonard. That's Leonard. Because the way that we dis- that we describe these things is, you know, it's almost as if it's a formula, right? The first part of the word is what you're eating. The yeah. second part of the word is when you're eating. It. Exactly. So brunch is breakfast for lunch. Mm-hmm. Leonard is lunch for dinner. If you want to have like you know, a sandwich for dinner. That's mm-hmm. dinner because yeah. you're eating a lunch meal for dinner. Sure. If you have a roast chicken first thing in the morning, 7.30 a.m., that's that's breakfast. That's breakfast. Yeah. Correct. That makes Correct. sense. Correct. If you, and if you want like t- at night, you're going to have some dessert at 11 p.m., but for dessert, you decide to eat a fried egg. That's oh, dessert. 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 Yeah. Okay. Right. So there, there are different ways to look at these things. You know? uh, yeah. You One know, of my favorites is breakfast. That's when you have cookies for breakfast dessert for breakfast breakfast, which is crazy because like pancakes that's basically dessert it depends what you top them with that's if, true. You, if you put an egg on top of that pancake that's just breakfast that's just breakfast but if you put uh like ice a cream on top bar, of that yeah, yeah chocolate bar that's breakfast wow straight up well the pancake I, is versatile the pancake is is a canvas it takes on the kind of the 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 abilities of the food that it's put on top of it okay so it's it's almost like a uh not like a gelatin but like a uh I, I, it's it's just a it's medium a it's, so a, it's a medium it's a medium for self-expression yeah the pancake exactly you know so if you want to breakfast put some chocolate on your pancake and if you want lizekfist then put a fucking ham sandwich on your pancake you know and i that's true I tried to take it further and I was curious if like, what if you wanted to have brunch for dinner? And this is, this is, I guess where the argument fell apart because right. you, you fundamentally disagree that that can even happen. That cannot happen. You cannot have brunch for dinner because you're having breakfast for dinner at that point. That's yeah, Brenner. That's Brenner. Unless well, you want to have lunch for dinner, which is Leonard. Well, and, and my thing was, what if you're having leftovers from brunch for dinner. It's a breakfast food that you're eating at dinner time. It's, so it's, it's, Brenner. it's Brenner. But now here's where the oh. difference comes in is if you're jet lagged or if you work a weird schedule, because okay. then you wake up at 
say you work nights, you wake up at 9 p.m. and mm-hmm. at 11 p.m., typically dessert time, yeah. you decide to eat breakfast. Sure. Is that dessert for you or is it just breakfast? I, you know, I think it's just breakfast, but I, it depends what you're eating. And that is what if why. You're having, what if you're having steak for and potatoes for breakfast? Does breakfast? Does that's yeah, because during during dessert time. It's during dessert time, it's, dude. That's the craziest thing about this is that it is very much uh, in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, and it kind of just it's an exercise in putting yourself in someone else's shoes and and looking at the world through a different lens. You know, maybe your brunch is someone else's dessert. Exactly. No one knows. That I don't. <laughs> that was uh, that. That's that's what the week's been. Um, <laughs> let's get into a couple quick hits of some like news shit that's been happening in the couple last couple weeks. Then sure. we'll take it to a break. Uh. Um, all right. So we haven't talked about this in a minute, but Ayatsi. They ratified. They ratified. They're a bunch of fucking scrubs. Yeah. Not all of them. Well, forty nine percent of them are not. Yeah, it was very close. It was what fifty two to forty nine or something, something thereabouts. Yeah. It's weird because forty nine. Uh, it's one hundred one percent. Look, <laughs> people it, are editors. It, it's it's confusing because uh, they they have like kind of an electoral college uh, for for voting in a way. It's kind of crazy. It's like you'd think that it doesn't work, dude. Do you think they're gerrymandering our unions? Hell yeah! Dude. Oh my god, they're out here drawing lines in the sand. That's so fucked up. Um. So yeah, they. It seems like some people were on board because I think they get. You know, they got the 54-hour turnaround for the weekend. I guess that's a victory. I think they get a little bit more money, but I, I think they missed on like, a small, lot of working. Con- yeah, they're small victories, they but are. like ultimately, it's more of the same. So it's like great, like you know, it's I don't know. This isn't. Please don't take this as like a as a real thing, but just the first kind of idea that comes to mind. The first visual is like. If someone's stepping on your fucking throat and you're just like, oh, uh, can, can you just maybe a little bit lighter so I can just breathe a little bit? Yeah. It's like, no, just get off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That, that's what that's kind of what, what's going on. I mean, I guess. And that's that's the, the struggle. That's always a struggle, right? Is to take a little bit more each time. I get where um, they're coming from. It's like an incremental step towards it. And then the next time it's going to be another incremental step. Yeah. And, but it's like could we could have probably just gone for a bigger step yeah well and turnout was was very high 72 percent of of the 63,000 members uh turned out or casted ballots i guess and uh that i mean that's great i think that's more than than americans as as a whole I, i wonder if part of it of like people voting to ratify it i wonder if part of them are just like you know what we can't and this is just something i'm thinking i don't know if this is right but mm-hmm. we can't risk striking because there's so many non-union people out there who don't give a fuck about the union's plight that like they can just try to jump in and replace and like maybe it won't be as efficient or like as professional for like a few months but then after like six months maybe those jobs will get replaced yeah you know what I, mean? I i think that's probably part of it and i'm, I'm sure some of it is just i don't want to lose work right before the holidays you know like i, sure. I want to have this extra money to to take vacation or to buy gifts yeah. or whatever like it's just uh, the timing of it timing of it's rough i mean they've been negotiating for like six months or something like that but it feels like they've been negotiating for like years well i mean i think the last strike was or the last uh ratification whatever was about three years ago yeah. so it, this is i mean this is going to come up in another couple of years and it seems like next time if there's been a lot of anti-work sentiment just in america over the last year mm-hmm. or two so depending on how you know american the American like idea evolves over the next couple of years. Maybe next time there is a strike. Yeah. And it also depends on how, you know, the media, the mediums involve, uh, evolve, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so for example, streaming, right? Like 10, like five years ago, uh, streaming wasn't like, it was like Netflix that, and a couple others were trying to get in the game. Right. And Netflix it wasn't and Hulu. No one had as much of a foothold. Now everybody, I fucking signed up for Paramount Plus last week. Oh my God. Remember like, I don't know what episode was that episode, like 20 or something. I yeah. was like, fuck Paramount Plus. I'm never going to do it. I signed up because I, yeah. I had, I wanted to watch soccer and it was the yep. only place that I could watch that fucking game. I have to uh, sign up for Peacock, which I, I, I really dislike Peacock. I think it's terrible or at least the one time I used it, it was terrible, but I've already used my free trial and there's a movie that I want to watch on it. So I'm going to have to like pay for a different email address. I could, I could. That's what I did for Paramount Plus. Apparently I already did a free trial. Didn't realize that. Oh shit. You're not still paying for it, are you? No, no. I I signed up with a new email. I kind of did my Fubo move where I kind of just do a free trial every time I need to watch something. That's, that's the move. Um, Um, I I do care about, by the way, uh, I do care about what the union does even though I'm non-union because ultimately that sets a standard. Like that's the industry standard. I agree. So, uh, you know, 
the the better it is for the union, typically the better it is for for non-union members I, too, in my opinion. I always uh, side with them as well, even to the point of like when there's uh, comments on message boards where people are like, "Oh, I'm just getting into post production, like so here's what I'm thinking, like what do I charge?" Or like they offered me this, like what are what's a good rate? What's the right rate? Mm-hmm. I always just link them to the IATSE rate card. I'm like, here you go. This is the rate card. Yep. Use this as your measuring stick. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously the rate you determine is up to you, but just know that this is the fair rate. This is the going rate. This is this is what we have collectively bargained as fair. And if you decide to work for under it, I'm not saying that there aren't times when you should do it. I'm sure there's like stuff where, you know, it'll take you one hour to do the thing and you can get paid for a full day. And if you think you can take a little less, go for it, whatever. But don't consistently just like, you know, like sell yourself short. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause that, that hurts the whole industry ultimately. Yes. hundred like, percent. When everyone else is charging low. I mean, so I mean, like, we've seen it, we've seen it with clients where like, you know, the shit is YouTube first and it's like startupy type stuff. And it's like, well, you know, can you do it for this? Like we can have someone else do it for this. And you're like, okay, well, you know, have them do it then. Cause yeah. if I want, if I'm doing something, I want to get paid right, but it's also going to be dope. Like we're going to put our entire effort behind it. Yeah. We're not going to like, just sit there and half-ass it real quick. Yeah, it's not just a gig for us. It's it's our company. It's like this is what we do. This is our product. We we yeah. take a lot of pride in it. Names on the line. Um, speaking of uh, names being on the line, names coming back. Movie Pass is back. Yeah, you just told me that. I I'm, just I don't know much about it. I just know that Movie Pass is indeed back. Um, I feel like they. I hope they negotiated with AMC first this time. Well, I don't think that it's back that. That, and that way. way i think that someone bought it and is like i'm gonna bring it back and uh it's uh someone named stacy spikes i guess he's the co-founder but a new york city court granted stacy spikes ownership of the company stacy is it he is it she i don't even know actually but yeah, they. uh yeah they're hoping to bring back the service next year so spikes, I, wonder if, I wonder if that's going to be like a streaming service or back in the asses in the seats um, experience well they said that they're thrilled to have it back and are exploring the possibility of relaunching soon they believe that if done properly theatrical subscription can play an instrumental role in lifting movie going attendance to new heights and honestly like i f- i feel like uh maybe after the pandemic it might make more sense uh, makes more the sense because and also yeah because streaming has been pushed forward yeah. and like people are used to streaming now and and Theater going now is like such a, it's such a more niche audience than it used to be yeah. almost. It feels like so many people would just rather stream things than go. I don't think uh, I've been to the theater since the pandemic. Yeah, you've been wild. And you, me and you and Joe Nana got in this fucking argument when he was here where Joe Nana was like, I didn't he say like, he, he was like, I don't believe in going to movie theater. I don't know, Joe, call in if you have something <laughs> to say about it. But I was in between on this. Joe was like, I don't believe in going to movie theaters anymore. It's just like no need to do it. And I was like, that's crazy. Like as someone who makes shit that's insane of you to say. Well, there's you know, like getting, he's gonna if he hears this, he's gonna be like, "It's not at all what I said." But whatever. I, I mean, the, there's, movie theater is kind of inconvenient for me. Like, it's a it's more of a commitment. Like, it, you have to plan around it, and it's not the same it's as true. streaming where you can just like, "Oh, what? Do you, well, shit, we're here. Let's watch this." You know, yeah. let's you can't just bop in. Exactly. I mean, the closest theater is like probably a thirty minute trip for me. Um, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, I don't know if you dude. saw this NFT NF Tarantino. Um. So Miramax is suing him. Miramax says that eager that uh, eager to cash in on the non-fungible token boom, as widely reported in the media, Quentin Tarantino recently announced plans to auction off seven exclusive scenes from the 1994 motion picture Pulp Fiction in the form of NFTs. Um, and they're basically saying that uh, that's not his property exclusively, so he can't do that. Um, and... Yeah, so Miramax is like suing him. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like what I don't know. NFTs. There's a a band on DIY music Twitter called Bedbug, and they said uh, this is kind of related to NFTs. It's those fucking monkeys, the bored apes. 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 They said, uh, what did they say? They were like, this is like Bitmojis for incels. Yeah, I was like, shout out Bedbug. Yeah, (laughs) like basically, right? Big old facts. I mean, I I I don't know enough about the like legal. Uh, repercussions. I don't know who actually owns what. I mean, would I, you buy the fucking NFT for uh, that's a one? Fiction scene? That's one of the few things that I think I actually see value in 
as an NFT. Cause like the board apes, like a lot of that shit is like, dude, I could literally just commission someone $200 to draw the same exact thing. And like, it's mine and I own it, whatever. Like, I, I understand that there is value to it, but there's also a lot of shit that's like not actually valuable and it is propped up as if it's valuable because the technology is. So everything associated with it is, it's just kind of like people blowing smoke up their own ass with it. You know, um, what we should do is we should take like, we should set aside like $6,000 of uh, company funds mm -hmm. and commission like an artist to create however many like versions of those apes, but like on a canvas and just make a bunch of them and then like rent out a gallery and just put them up and do like a fake board apes gallery. That's actually kind of cool. Fake apes. Fake apes. And it's just kind of like a subversion of what board, it is. Board Cause fakes. it's like, yeah. Cause it's like, well, deep ape deep board ape deep fakes it's like what <laughs> what are these things you know what i mean like all we did was take the form and reinterpret it sure so like it's not illegal it's like almost it's, a parody exactly it's uh it's an artistic interpretation of an nft i think that would actually crush i think i we say do we it. do it let's, let's maybe that's gonna be the, that'll be the new year's resolution write it down Whoever is fucking listening, Kevin, if you're driving and Someone listening, write, it down write and that shit us. down. Write that shit down and send us a, a reminder text. Um, I, w I would get, uh, like, I mean, if I had the money, I would get a Pulp Fiction or something, you know, uh, a piece of pop culture that already exists and, like, yeah. is in in the, uh, the pulp, canon. Pulp Fiction NFT and put it in your college dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's up with that. I just saw it and I was like, this is ridiculous enough Tarantino. Um, let's get out on this. We'll get out of this first segment. Um, Adele, this is not related to me. Well, it's kind of related to media. It's not related to video. Oh, yeah. fucking Adele's out here. And I know this is old news, but ordered 500,000 fucking vinyl, uh, order 500,000 vinyl records for her new album. That's who, why do you need to listen to Adele on, on vinyl? Why do 500,000 people need to uh, on debut? It's just insane. It's like, wh why are we still even ordering vinyl that way? Do pre-orders. Yeah. Do, do print what? to like, do a pre-order. If someone really wants it that bad, get a pre-order in, then make that amount of vinyl. Like, why are we making so much of it? Well, you think she's going to sell 500,000 vinyl records? I mean, I don't I, think I so. I personally don't. I, maybe they'll get sold, but I think a lot of them will go to like resellers honestly they just need to get fucking melted back down so we can put other shit on there well i mean didn't, didn't uh do you think the same thing's gonna happen where with taylor swift fans they didn't know how to play what was it a 38 oh, yeah on yeah a 45 or it was a 45 on a the, yeah it was basically i don't remember what it was but it was pressed at one or some sort of rpm that wasn't 33 and a third or some shit or something i don't fucking know but basically if you put it on and you're record player was set to the wrong RPMs, it would sound like really slowed down and it would sound like a deep voice singing it. And there was a bunch of people just leaving reviews on Amazon. They were like one star. They were like, this must be some crazy, like twisted prank. I can't believe Taylor sold this like deluxe box set only to have like a deep voiced man singing her songs really slow. This Dude, is creepy. This is like some Halloween shit. I don't know what's happening. And I was like, uh, and that's just like reflective of that's why th it's not necessary because your fans don't, for the most part, don't even understand why they're buying this. They just know that like vinyl is something that's cool and trendy and like used to be a thing. And they just want to like buy into that, that idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, for, to, to be fair, it's like, that's kind of the point with, with all of it, right? It is all just kind of trendy. Cause if yeah. you just want to think about it logically, it's like, it just makes more sense to listen to shit on spotify or something mm -hmm. or like if you really want high fidelity to go on Bandcamp and download the flack files and like <laughs> play that shit back but it's like I, I i like vinyl because not of the sound of it it's because it's like a collector's Collector, item yeah. like i like that you know it's got um inlay insets and inlays or whatever mm -hmm. and like the lyrics books and it's got like liner notes and you can like read and, and and be a part of the album like i think that's really cool yeah oh and a lot of people like use it as like wall art and yeah. i mean it's just it's aesthetically pleasing still five hundred thousand is just like well, a fucking insane yeah. amount to well and do you want to explain why that yeah so is why shitty? why it pisses me off is because there's already like a backlog for like independent artists to get vinyl pressed it already takes forever and so someone like adele who's got like who's like a top 10 artist in the world like one of the biggest yeah she she has that amount of pull where she can just come in and jump the line and then line up 500,000 things to get pressed and everyone else who 
who like told their people who told their fans, all the smaller bands were like, yeah, we we have this record out and we're going to have vinyl in June or whatever. Well, now they're being told they're not going to have vinyl till like January, February 2023. And it's like, well, that sucks. Yeah. So like everyone's shit just got pushed and all their releases and yeah, a lot so of these small bands, independent artists trying to make money are up against this fucking yeah. behemoth. I, yeah, I was about to say whale, and then I was like, "Oh, it's Adele." No, no, no. Is, Adele, Adele, no Adele, Adele lost a bunch of weight. Adele's okay. fucking fit now. But, but I was going with you know uh, David versus Goliath. You know, yeah, like, but it, exactly. It's and it's not even Adele's fault. Like Adele is lit. She's an incredible artist. She's fucking awesome. I, I blame Rich Paul. Yeah, blame. I would. I would too. Um, it's uh, unless he wants to work with us, shout out Rich. Uh, but it's it's the major labels, and it's like just that general imbalance of power. Like the one percent always have the fucking power, and the rules don't apply to them. But it's really frustrating because, you know, a lot of these smaller bands, they were relying on getting these things because they have fucking tours plans. And when they go on these tours, they sell the fucking records. And that's what makes them gas money and food money and enough money to stay in a fucking hotel, not sleep in a van or some shit. And then all of that is now yep. shifted. And, yep. they can't. and it's like you already make so little from and, streaming and on they already, Spotify. And like, they already, they're coming out of a fucking pandemic where they haven't been able to play out for two years. So yeah. it's like impossible for yeah. half of them to stay together and make money. It's right. just like, it's really frustrating. You know, but that's, that's art or you can, you can't it sucks. You can't rely on art to make money unless you live in Berlin, in which case you could probably rely on it. Let's move to Berlin. Um, yeah, well, let's, uh, let's take a break and I'll move to Berlin right after. This. Okay, cool. Look, we've been doing the show for a while, and Wandering Barman... Wandering Barman? They are one of our premier sponsors. They're a sponsor? Yeah, they're the best. They make the most delicious cocktails, and they're pre-made. Wait, pre-made cocktails? I can just drink it? I don't have to make a cocktail? That's right, but it gets even better. They just opened their cocktail brasserie here in Brooklyn. That sounds fancy. It's pretty fancy, but it's also mad affordable. Their happy hour from 5 to 7... Five dollar cocktails. So if you want an old fashioned, guess how much it is? Uh, five dollars. If you want a margarita, guess how much it is? Mm, five dollars. And if you want a diet Pepsi, I don't think they have those. They don't have those, unfortunately. Oh. But you should check out Wandering Barman's Cocktail Brasserie at three fifteen Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Go for happy hour, five to seven. They're open every day. Wandering Barman, woo! Welcome back, everyone. Sorry. Welcome back, Sizzlers. Sizzlers. And I was trying to remember what we're coming back with for this segment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what I did? I opened text edit because that's where I take all my notes. Just jotted it down. I just jotted it down. Yeah, and, that was like uh, your like 20th text edit window you have open. Dude, it's kind of ridiculous. Because like on the at the very beginning of this, I'm on my personal laptop. So at the top of this text edit, there's some like important banking information from last night. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like there's some notes somewhere, like a, like notes feedback on a video somewhere mm -hmm. else in this text edit thing. It's, it's a you mess. You just keep one long text I, edit? Sometimes I have three or four. Uh, it depends like how what's, I need to break it up. What's the title of yours right now? Like the uh, name of the file? Untitled four. Okay, I'm untitled 21. Okay. So well. that's about how many. I, I keep okay. like between 20 and 30 of them open at a time okay. on different desktops. But, you know, I think that says a lot about someone. The fact that like to use text edit to take your notes, like that's just on some weird, like kind of like computer nerd shit in a way. Yeah. Text like even when on Windows PCs when I was growing up, I would always use Notepad, Notepad. rather than open up Microsoft Word or some shits like that. So it takes up so much fucking like screen real estate, and like it's got so much extra shit going on yeah. around it. Literally, I just want a little I want thing that no frills, uh, just a, a a space to type in a thing that mimics like a Post-it note, so mm -hmm. I could real quick jot something down. You know, what well, I mean? you know, and uh, Mac OS used to have back when like widgets were first introduced. They had something called notes or sticky I hated notes. Those, sticky those, notes. those sucked. They like I I understood what they were going for, but I just never used them. And I will say for important stuff like stuff that I really need to like sync to my iCloud, I use mm -hmm. the actual notes app. It's nice. It's fine. It's just not how I want to do yeah. things like my brain works in I just want a little window to put my thoughts in I use and then I need another window another bubble they're like thought bubbles they're like thought bubbles. that's a great way to put it I, I use notepad and I use email yeah if I need to get it to my phone I'll write myself an email okay like you know I think Joe Nana was actually talking about this when he came on how he uses his he texts phone. himself he right? texts himself everything he yeah. needs uh I don't I mean he texts himself ideas to write about and shit like that but for me I always use um email or I'll like write a draft to nobody with no with like a subject line and then I'll just save it as a draft so I got you, that yeah. way it populates across my desktop and my phone everywhere yeah um that's one way to do it but 
you know, it says, yeah, like I said, it says a lot about someone, the way that they stay organized. Cause it, it looks like total chaos. Like if I swipe up on my, on my, uh, computer here, it looks like, you know, i got like 20 fucking yeah. text edit windows, yeah. but yeah. everything one really has explodes, a meaning, yeah. you know, like this one, I just keep refreshing and putting the new rundown for the sizzle reel. Um, this one I have Nash and CP3 comparison numbers. That's that's from same. like four months ago. That's what I'm saying. I do the same thing. I have like really old shit. And then when then when you go through it, you're like, oh, wait, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. It frees up your desktop so much. You're oh like, yeah. yeah. Here here's my information from when I had uh that meeting with Universal Production Music. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that I had some of this stuff written down. I need to pay more attention. Yeah. So you got to email it to yourself after the you, after you finish the notes. Right. Copy and paste it. Email it to you and Amy. That that um, one's in a <laughs> that one's in a note called Chris Eastman banking info. That's damn. not right. No, not at all. You might have deleted your banking info. Uh, shit. How many tabs you have open? I um, guess it's impossible to know. Uh, just at four. I have a well, ton. I, so I, I always I, have a, a million. I and then I click on them and I'm like, this has been open for like four months. I group mine. Like I, you can make groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do that. So with if I expanded all of those, I'm probably at like 25 something like that. Yeah. And that's after closing out a bunch. To, can you, can you imagine like if there was a person who like literally closed all of their tabs at the end of their browsing session who like dude, went through what? it and just like closed all of them? That would be nuts. Every once in a while, I'll like completely lose my session, like maybe once a year or something like that. Yeah. And it's always like it's just I feel naked almost. I'm like, yeah. I just I might have just lost important information or I might have had a weight lift off of me where I'm like, I've had this tab open forever and I just never got around to it. And now it's. Yeah, for me, if I don't it, have to worry if about it, it disappears, then like then it disappears. Like yeah. there's nothing I can do about it because because the stuff that ultimately matters, I'll remember um, on my phone. I, I have a limit of 50 when I get to 50 tabs. That's when I go, OK, I need to go back and start like either taking action on some of these items or just clearing them away See, with my phone. Usually I can delete most of them like because it's usually just easy to open a new tab. For me, like I, that's just yeah. how I do things. It's not because I'm saving anything. I'm just like, oh, new tab. Um, also in terms of workflow, new tab, new tab. It's like new Coke, but it's new uh, tab, new tab. It's way, it's way better actually. Um, uh, in terms of workflow, um, producer Will, he always, um, engineer Will, however you want to call him, he, he's like nuts. He uses programs in full screen mode. I noticed that me and Ian were roasting the shit out of him the other day. We were like, dude, how do you use I had to, your I, shit? I had to get screen. on Chrome on this crazy. computer because I thought that like there was a login saved that I didn't have to get like some verification. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. But Will had been the most recent person on that computer. And I clicked on Chrome and it brought me to a whole new desktop that was full screen. And I was like, so, oh, my God. So he does it instead of like keeping multiple windows in one desktop. He like basically uses multiple desktops and each one is a full window. So. So like, yeah. you know, for his core programs, right? So that would be Chrome, Pro Tools, whatever, Audition. Those are all, they have dedicated desktops. And every time I go on there to edit something, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, it's, I cannot have one full thing going on. I have to have like the I option. I need distractions. To, I have to have the option to click into other stuff. Because like, Same. for me, like I'm always dragging stuff in from Finder yeah. or I have to download a picture and then put it into the folder structure and then bring it into Premiere. It's like yeah. if I had to switch. Or I'm fucking, referencing I'm referencing notes from an email, something like right. that. If I had to switch screens every time I need to do that, I would get nothing done. We also have the luxury of having a dual monitors and Will true. only has the one monitor. but Which is why he shouldn't even be full screen. That's true. That's, 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 that plays into what we're saying. Exactly. Because, um, I mean, on my laptop, I got one screen and like you, you can see I, I leave with I, I leave a little bit of space open. I'm mostly full screen, but I have to have that little bit of two inches on the side where I can for, click around. For me, I have this sort of mentality where nothing can ever touch a side of a screen. OK, like, I, I see it. I see uh, it. Because I always need to see the desktop. Okay. So like even if if you went on my computer that's out there you would see the same thing. I never let anything touch the sides of the screen. It Just, looks it, like, I will say, it looks sloppy and disorganized, but really it's about quick access. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so I can, I know I can click on this tiny little bundle of pixels mm -hmm. and it'll take me right where I need to go. Exactly. Um, Look, uh, since we're talking about Will, let's jump into this. I'm jumping ahead in the sheet here. Um, So we work pretty closely with this one music festival and... Oh yeah. There was a company that came to them about the idea of live streaming stuff. So currently, you know, whatever, we're figuring it out. We don't know. But this is this company live streamed uh, 
Firefly, I think is what that festival was called. And they've done a lot of music festival live streaming. So we might next year dip our toe into live streaming and uh, streaming tech in general. And we might be live streaming shows like we might be shooting and running sound and directing those things. It's kind of interesting how much more we're dipping our toe into the production side of things as opposed to just post-production and it's not on purpose like people are coming to us with with production requests yeah it's it's almost like uh it's it's just it's weird because i remember like i've said it before on the show where i've been like no we're a post house mm-hmm. we're not doing it we're not gonna mm-hmm. do it and now i'm like oh fuck i think we're, i think we kind of have to do y- it you kind of have to at a certain certain point like one because the opportunity keeps presenting itself and usually mm-hmm. when that happens it's for a reason like you right. should you should take that opportunity yeah. and two it's because i think that there's something to be said for doing a, like being a full service production company yeah like even if that's not your your main goal if you need to have the ability to do those other things like yeah. even if it means outsourcing it like or like having a production company that you work tightly with and you can borrow some of their people or you know right, figure right, something right. out what um what do you think of uh streaming and like directing a live thing and all that kind of stuff that's it's kind of interesting because i feel like that's a spot where i probably do have more experience than 100 percent because of the news because of news yeah and like even even outside of news when i was uh editing eight millimeter porn right um so so that company also would do uh they would record like graduation ceremonies and crap like that as we go on yes (laughs) we remember all right all the times we spent in November. Vitamin C song. Listening to. All right. This is a real part. Is that how it goes? Everybody said, "Go get a real job." I don't know. Sorry, I was no, that was off great. The, off the dome. No, that, that was great. I loved uh, the uh, the interstitials there with the. I was tazonding this thing. The, the squeaking. I was saying we shouldn't have been drinking beer during this pod because we're like tazonde on the mic every time we got like burp or like. <laughs> it's like with the subtitle. With the subtitle, I lead away from the mic to to, to breathe. That's like that's what it said. A chocolate rain. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, um, wait. So you guys filmed graduations. Yes. Yeah, so, so we did some graduations. So I was before I was in news. I was already used to like having a camera on my shoulder and having someone in my ear like it's, it's wild because when i was a pirate i was used to having a parrot on my shoulder wow that's fucking wild oh, that was nuts wow and we have more in common than i thought yeah that's crazy um <laughs> you were used to having a camera so yeah i was used to like being on sticks or like on my shoulder or whatever and having a director in my ear or a producer or whatever saying you know hey get this shot hey get this shot hey get this shot um and that's basically what it was is you have a director who had you know he has all his screens and he's basically punching to you like well, shooting shooting the live stuff is easy because like literally you're just like a conduit to the director's thoughts i feel like being the director would be hard as a motherfucker for certain things um i saw this one behind the scenes clip uh i think it was on it was just on tiktok but it was a behind the scenes of uh a like abc or one of them like they're gr- uh, Emmy broadcast or Grammy or Oscars or something like that. Yeah. Have you seen that clip? No. It's basically like the director and you you get to watch him as he's calling for things and you get to watch what's happening like in the live thing. And like it was someone uh, they were announcing some award and something was happening and he was just like he was like um two ready two take two ready three take three Four, make sure you get, get, get DiCaprio, get DiCaprio, get DiCaprio, get Leo, take three, take four, four, take Leo, go this. And like, he was getting so excited and you could, because you're hearing also the broadcast, you're hearing yeah. everyone clapping, you're hearing stuff going crazy. And then they, and like, they ended on some like really nice, like shot that just seemed normal. If you were just watching, you're like, oh cool. It's just like a normal shot, like a little zoom out, like type of pan thing. Yeah. And then they go to break. And as soon as they go to break, everyone in that fucking director's area was like, hell yeah, like what? Yeah. We did it. Like, nice. That was an incredible segment. And I was like, damn. It's fucking chaos. Like, yeah. So, I, like, I've been in the booth for a few newscasts, like, just randomly. Like, sometimes I was just shadowing. Sometimes I was running prompter or, like, just being in there for whatever reason because I was friends with some directors and producers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for them, it really is showtime like it's like they're being like they're getting out on stage and performing because it's super intense for them like they're all they're stressed out the whole time leading up and then they do it and either 
either they're really sad or they're like pretty pumped afterwards. Uh, it's, it, it's really cool. It reminded me kind of like of, of sports almost. I was like, damn, this is like some this is like a team effort. Like everyone's fucking crushing it. Yeah, it's. I mean, and that's like the captain almost. It, it basically. I mean, like he is. He's the director. He's directing everyone and telling them what to do. And yeah. like also, when I was an editor at the news station, we were also in charge of the feed room. Uh, so I was kind of always helping the director. Like I, I was putting uh, the different. Uh, feeds like reporter feeds in different boxes. I don't even remember mm-hmm. what it was called. Uh, and basically just communicating with the director all the time. And like anytime he needed to know where something was or if it was going to be there on time, you know, I, I had a direct connection to him like in his headset and we just talked to each other. That's, um, I remember sitting in when I did open late that show for complex, the Peter Rosenberg show. I remember sitting in like, Cause I would sit and take notes basically like do kind of a, a script supervising type thing because mm-hmm. I was going to be doing the edit anyway. So I literally just took a running notes like minute by minute, like without even watching, I guess I would look at my notes and I would hear the show and I would just like type like, you know, by time of day, like what happened at each minute. Yeah. So then I had a rundown. So when I went to edit it, I like knew exactly where to go to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that briefly for you for, um, yeah, for good looking out. It is the most useful fucking thing when you're sitting and watching live interview, mm-hmm. like if you're an editor and you are going to have to edit an interview, that's going to be shot more or less live and unscripted. Yep. If you can sit in on that quietly on the corner on your laptop, or if you can be part of the zoom call on mute and with that, no video on take advantage of that because it will a hundred percent speed up your edit. Like when you get into the edit, you will already be started. Yeah, you'll yeah. immediately start like you're not going to have to spend a day trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Well, it's like it's like you, you bring up a lot of times. I don't remember his name, but, you know, before he edits anything, he watches every single frame twice. Oh, right? Walter Murch. Exactly. Well, you've already watched every frame once. Yep. Exactly. So you, you already have a head start. Yeah. And and you've heard the entire story. So, you know, what's coming up and mm-hmm. you have a roadmap right in front of you telling you when things are happening. Well, and especially if you're in like on set, you kind of have a feel for. Uh, how everyone reacted to certain moments too. Like mm. you, you know, the producer or director is gonna really want this moment in here. Like you know, things yeah. stand out. You, you, you have a sense of how the shoot went on set and like how right. everyone feels about it. Well, so what we would do, Brian Mann worked on that show too. So what we would do is after I had those notes, him and I before the footage. Well, because the team still has to like dump all the footage, get it on the server. Mm-hmm. So while that was happening, like right after the show, we'd usually sit down and we just go through my minutes, and I would go. I would go, I'm thinking we keep this, we kill this, we kill this, we kill this, we keep this, we move this here, we put this here, and that's the show. And then he would like, he would he would adjust it if he needed to and go, actually, I think like, it's almost you know, like a paper edit. We would literally do an out loud paper edit that would take us 10 minutes and then we'd go get lunch and then after lunch we'd start on the cut. And by the time we got going on that show, like after a few episodes, it was like a well-oiled machine and we could literally take the, in, the interview from start to done in four hours probably that's pretty and they were like 20 minute interviews and like it was insane it was a really efficient thing the reason i bring that up is because that room we were in uh the control room and there was a director but to see it wasn't so intense because it wasn't live yeah it was like difference we're running it to tape and we're gonna have not to tape but you know what i'm saying we're gonna have you know a cam b cam c cam d cam and then we're gonna have directors cut on top so like Great. If the director's cut works, great. If not, I can just mute that section of the track and I can make my own cut using the the multicam. Oh, so, so, so you get an additional feed that's a director's cut? Like right. a, like a uh, cuts are built into exactly. the single? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So like so there's already a director's cut. And that's what made it so easy is like if the director is just doing it doing his job and going back and forth mm-hmm. and not getting too cheeky, like then we already have the interview basically cut. Yep. The only parts we have to go in and change stuff is when we've removed things. Sure, know? sure. But I don't know. I, I, I'm excited about it. I feel like live streaming a music festival is probably a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Because like I used to work on a lot of music stuff in Portland. You're probably you, not moving around a lot. No, I don't think so. I, I haven't looked at their tech guide yet. They sent it over, but I'm hoping that they have like some sort of capabilities where we can like get cameras on gimbals like at least one camera on a gimbal because it would be so nice to have like 
a couple like floating gimbal cams that can give you that like nice cinematic look kind of like with live sports you know yeah yeah it's, like the the 4k cams that when they score a touchdown they go into the end zone right exactly. up to them yeah that kind of stuff yeah. maybe not as shallow as those because those can get a little that's, fucking crazy that's not the what we're trying to do there yeah but like something that gives you a little bit more cinematic stuff so you know rather than being like at i don't know f 16 and having everything in focus and rather than being at like f 1.4 and having mm-hmm. nothing in focus yeah we're gonna go like more like f5 f6 something like that i don't know but that yeah i mean we'll see how the audio goes for that too it's, it's exciting like i i just yeah i want to see like what how many cameras they, they want to run and like what their what the budget is like yeah, i mean just, we've, we've we're gonna have a brief call me and the audio the audio guy he actually is from new york i think i was telling you he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. worked at all the places mm-hmm. but he uh, me and him and we'll have a call on tuesday so if you want to jump on yeah feel free um last thing before we get out of here we spent um the better part of the week writing a bunch of gambling game show concepts oh man sports gambling game show concepts yeah yeah um i actually felt really good about a lot of them and we we pitched them today to uh to the uh, i'm not going to tell say the company but to some company that we work with a lot. Yeah, yeah. If you if you look through the records, maybe you'll find it. But uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, it was fun because we had a little practice pitch beforehand. Uh, just me and Alexi were pitching to Amy, um, just to run through it. And also, like we're friends with these people. Like we've yeah. been working with them for and fucking the- like I don't know five six six maybe even seven years. Sure, so. and it was on Zoom, so it's not like we're you know standing up in front of a, a group of people like yeah. presenting with a slideshow behind us yeah, yeah slideshows yeah. in front of us and um yeah no it went it went pretty well they liked all the concepts it's just one of those things where like it was so funny because you know to be totally honest i feel like during the writing process all of those we pitched them 10 concepts mm-hmm. wow. they all came well we pitched nine uh, my computer fucked up we skipped <laughs> one but um t- we had 10 concepts and they came to us pretty easily like we wrote all 10 i think generally it took us maybe two days yeah to, to, i would say like from, four hours of actual work yeah and like but it was spread across a few days yeah and it was like you know there was like we were at barman and we like for an hour really basically it was like oh, about yeah. an hour we yeah. brainstormed to came up with concept yeah then the next day we sat down for like two hours and fleshed those concepts out and kind of picked and chose where we're good mm-hmm. also spent like probably anywhere between three and two, two and three hours researching all their talent and watching all oh, their stuff. Oh, that's true. I didn't even consider that. So, so it like, probably was about two days. We really spent about two days on it. And like over two days came up with 10 solid, solid concepts, yeah. but they did come very easily. Uh, there wasn't much like, you know, beating around the bush or trying to like overcomplicate anything. Yeah. And it was funny because we pitched them all and we were like, we were, we were keen on, on all of them. I'd say except maybe one or two. And uh, the general response seemed to be like, Cool. Yeah, we were thinking the same thing. We kind of came up with a lot of these internally as well. So we're glad we're on the same page. We want to. Yeah, we definitely want you guys to to help with this. Yeah. And it was like, ah, fuck, I thought we did something real cool. But like, yeah. I guess they'd already thought of all of it. Yeah, it made uh, me feel like it, it's weird because it's like it it makes me feel like, oh, I didn't have great ideas. No, the or, ideas are that, that's kind of are, it's a positive because we're yeah. on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, I really wanted to like blow their socks off. And it's like, well, they've already considered this, but. I think that the fact that we came up with these concepts and like, you know, made them look really nice as we presented them, yeah. that kind of like ensured them, you know, like it cemented, hey, yeah, we are going to go with these because right. these are the ones that you brought up that we were already thinking about. So let's just fucking do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I guess another thing that is uh, is is interesting when, you know, pitching concepts like this is uh, if you're going to, you know, come up with all of these, you know, ideas you're not really ever, ever like, and I mean, simultaneously, you're coming up with them and they're coming up with them internally. Yeah, yeah. You are never going to come up with 10 original things that they've not thought of. It's exactly. just not going to happen. Yeah. It's like when you go on Twitter, right? Like if something funny happens and uh, you decide to, you want to write a funny tweet about it because it just like the news just broke sure. an hour ago and you want to make a funny joke and you think of some clever wordplay or something. If you tweet it, it might get likes and get retweets and shit. If you search the keywords, you'll see that 
like 20 other people already tweeted it yep. and you're probably yep. gonna go oh fuck I, i'm not original there's that's no original of, thought there there is that's part of the reason that i stopped caring about writing it was right around the time where the internet like really became like an everyday part of life and not just a, a fun thing that you can do on the side um it, i started realizing that like all these jokes have been told before the well they all have right but that's kind of the thing is like you know i was just thinking about this um the other the other day like I was, you know, because sometimes I'm thinking about if just some concepts for stories and like if there is a short that we ever work on or like a series, what would be fun story arcs, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I went into, I went to the the bathroom at this bar and it smelled like fucking like it was like walking into a sauna of patchouli and i was just like (laughs) oh my god dude i hope i don't smell like fucking patchouli when i walk out of here and then i was like that would be a hilarious premise for like uh an arc of an episode of a show you know because it's kind of like a modern day take on it like hipster bushwick shit exactly but then i was like this is that fucking Seinfeld episode with the car <laughs> with, the, with the BO in the car. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's like, it's literally that story has been told over and over again. It's just a matter of telling it in a, a new way and to an audience that might not have seen that, you know I mean? I mean, that's, that's so. kind of life at this point. Like yeah. it's all cyclical totally, like that's, totally. through, throughout the generations. You'll, you'll find similar themes and motifs and stories because like that's the human condition. And that's, I feel like you either have to have a tad of uh, ignorance or an incredible amount of confidence yeah. to write. Yeah. Because like when you're writing, you either have to, you know, blissfully be like, yeah, this is nuts. Like this is new shit. Or, or you have to be like, yeah, I know this is the same old shit, but, but it, it, this is my, this version. is my version yeah. and it's dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? So exactly. you kind of have to do it. Same way with pitching. Like you have to just be confident and like, if it wasn't for like, you know, people we were really familiar with, I think we would have probably had a very different approach. To we the would pitch. have practiced it more and like and talked through it more slowly. Exactly. With, st- with this, like I was just like, let's just get all these things out of the way and then we'll talk. You yeah. guys will look at the fucking. We're sharing the the pitch deck with them anyway. Yeah, it's like you're gonna see the pitch deck. It's gonna be fine. Like we're just kind of guiding you through a real superficial superficial idea of what each of these is. You know, like yeah. just just to so that you're not going in dry and like confused. Like we're right. just kind of giving you a, a brief synopsis. Then you can you can dig in further later, make your adjustments, like add on to it, take away from it. And then I think what they're going to do is take it internally and then they're going to come back and tell us which ones they like the most. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I think, like I said, they're all good concepts and hopefully it, there's just enough money in it to like yeah. justify us working on it. Because uh, yeah. I want to work on all of them. It's just that like if literally if we're losing money on it some, like some of we them cannot do it because we need to pay rent exactly a lot of these are ideas that we can't just like do and post some of them are but the ones that they seemed keen on they're kind of we actually need to be able to shoot some of this stuff like we need to to produce it we need to yeah. like find the talent not well we ha- we kind of have like a a database of talent but like right. we got to find the participants we have to like literally just do it yeah and like they're you know they have space and they're like you know we'll just share the space and you're gonna do all the stuff and then edit it and, and bring it to us yeah, like we'll soup see. to nuts and it's like that sounds awesome but that is so much work and that takes us away from other projects right. so yeah you know the money needs to be right the for money's all that definitely got to be right because like and the thing is straight up like i'll probably be able to be on set for like the first one or two and then i have to hand it off because like i can't always be on set for yeah, things like yeah. i have to run this shit back here um so yeah i don't know cool i thought i thought it went well though it good, i did good too it was, I, it's been a while since we pitched anything it so is it I was, was excited to like get to write again yeah it was fun to not uh just sit at the computer and edit even though i love editing so much oh yeah um but no it was cool to like sit down at the table and come up with concepts and like you know rack our brain and like bounce shit off each other and kind of create something that didn't exist before yeah um all right so before we get out of here you know this is a thanksgiving show you briefly said some stuff you're thankful for but what is uh what what do you as we come up on another sizzle reel thanksgiving what are you thankful for this year oh man i think we did this last year i just don't remember what i was thankful for i have no idea what i was thankful for uh i'm thankful for my health that's That's a good one I, i didn't get the cove Damn, yeah, hell yeah, man. Uh, I'm thankful that the boosters are here. I'm going to get mine next week. 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> so on Monday, you're like, I'm getting it tomorrow. On Tuesday, you're like, fuck, I forgot. I'll get it Wednesday. Well, on Wednesday, t- you were like, I'm busy Thursday and Friday. I am, That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Now you're like, I'll get it next week. Next week, you're going to be like, I got to go for Thanksgiving. Like, I don't have time to do this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, it's going to be January. There's going to be a new strain of Cove. Oh, my God. It's gonna. Be, there's going to be a new insurrection. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. That's going to be weird. Yeah. I'm thankful that we got through the year without... Uh, with only one insurrection. With only one insurrection. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> thankful for that, too. Um, and I'm, th- I'm thankful for my friends and family and my, thankful, my job. I'm thankful for NFTs. Okay. I think that they've really... Um, changed the landscape. Changed the, the media landscape. Um, I'm thankful for the board apes because they gave us that idea of making <laughs> counterfeit board apes um what else am i thinking we, do, we for, do have we have a friend who's like actually like cares about we board got a apes. bunch of friends yeah. who are like literally banking off NFTs. they make tons of money like off who of it. got fucking mad rich this year off of them yeah. so it, not that they listen to this shit because anyone no. who makes like six figures doesn't listen to the sizzle reel yeah. sizzle reel is a working class pod there's legit some people like, who we're like, friends with who probably made like three or four hundred thousand dollars I mean you think year. I'm joking I actually get the data from anchor on our listeners and if you make over six figures a year well, you technically I delete all of these episodes from your queue. You're not allowed to listen. That's crazy. This is some blue collar shit, dude. Oh my this god. Is, this is this sizzle reel, the podcast for the ninety nine percent. That's that's gonna hurt though with inflation. I think we're gonna lose some people. Well, we don't do inflation right now. <laughs> we're stuck on the gold standard. That's what that's what we that's what we operate under. Yeah, f- fuck fuck the the blockchain. Um, yeah, Going fuck back the to blockchain. Gold. Fuck the, the gold police. chain. Fuck the police, except for. Sting in the police. Oh, we're going right. to play out with a little bit of sting. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Right. I want a cheese stick from the city of brotherly love. I want a cheese stick. It's the one I'm thinking of. I want a cheese stick. We work as hard as we play. Philadelphia, PA. Shishkin Productions Podcast.